Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. So I feel good about the second run that we're going to go on here, about just the efficiency and now we've been in the system for a while. Now we, you know, the excuse of a new system, the excuse of a young quarterback, that's all gone. Because a young quarterback's playing pretty good. Here we go, an 11-game stretch to finish off the 2021 season. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday. Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Osier here with you. We are refreshed and recharged after the bye week. Sure. Why Ready not? to go. Let's go with that. 11 games. At first, I was like, oh, 11 games, you know, that'll go pretty quick. And then I think, oh, 11 games, that's a lot of games. Well, it depends on if this team finds a way to win some. I mean, if it's 11 losses, then it, it's going to feel like last year. I don't think that's going to be the case. But if this team continues to play well, as the coach alluded to, and win some of these games coming up, especially over the next seven weeks, then it will fly by. They've made themselves interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've made themselves yet into a team that's going to win half their games going no. forward. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, initially you had a feeling coming out of the bye that you're going to be taking a deep breath and saying, boy, this next six or seven yeah. are really tough. Maybe you get one. They have played well enough offensively to make you think, okay, let's see what they are. Let's see if they're as good as they looked at times. Uh, I think the jury's out, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Interesting's the right word. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's not playing on Sunday, as everyone knows, which makes this game interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when you look at the Seahawks and their body of work over the last 10 years, you'd, you'd say or you'd think that the Jaguars still would have trouble because they've never played well in Seattle. But I'm really interested, in, and, and I don't want to give it away, but I almost picked him in uh, final analysis this week. I mean, I was really oh, close. You already wrote final analysis, and it's Wednesday? It's not hard. Jeez, look at this guy go. I, I was close, too, but uh, I, I, we'll see if my I've got a good rationale. you got to read it. Yeah. you got to read it. That's quite the tease. <laughs> <laughs> I was suggesting that people read yours, too, but okay. Fair enough. All right, let's get into big things. Big thing one is clarity. This is the time of year where contenders start separating themselves. And if you would have said in the preseason, all right, teams like the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, all right, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Well, not totally certain. And these teams are really unsure of what they are right now. The good thing about the Jaguars is you know what you are. You have some clarity. You know you aren't a playoff team. You're building towards 2022, and you're probably going to try to get some games and some wins in the meantime. Don't have to make knee-jerk reactions because you know what you are. Big thing, too, is Trevor Lawrence. In the next 11 games, it is all about this guy. I love this picture. This just, he looks like the man. He is the man, especially after that win in London. It was awesome to see for him. It's all about his development, nothing else. There will be some other storylines, but this is the biggest and, frankly, the only storyline going for the rest of the season. I think we all can agree right now. He's on schedule. What will he look like at the end of the 2021 season? Big thing three is defense. They get a break with no Russell Wilson this week, like we mentioned, but they still have to play at a higher level if they are going to beat the Seahawks in Seattle this week. Head coach Urban Meyer discusses the changes they have made during the bye week. I think we went into the uh, into the, the storm thinking that we're going to be playing uh, via a very high percentage of man coverage, and we 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 figured out quickly that we're going to have to mix in a lot of zone, and then that's where you say, okay, the number of reps you have to get the team ready to play that zone cover. You can't say, okay, let's play, but go play zone. So that bye week was good. We spent some time on that. The combination of both, 
Uh, that's the biggest thing on defense. So I, I see this. I, I, I really like where we're headed in defense, but we need to start seeing it. And there you have it. That is big things. And that was head coach Urban Meyer explaining the changes they have made during the bye week. They said there was a large amount of self-scouting going on in this building. The players had Thursday through Sunday off. The coaches did not. It was a big moment to look and see what is going wrong. How do we fix it? He talked about the defense and changing that. Also, the self-inflicted errors, how many there were, and saying it really starts with practice. If you fix those errors in practice, hopefully it translates to the game. Well, let's go back to the top. Let's do it. Uh, and talk about clarity. John, I was sitting with some Chiefs fans on this Sunday, and they're a great example because they thought they had fixed their offensive line this year, and they thought that was the difference. And on Sunday, Travis Kelsey played, and Tyreek Hill played, and they believed that uh, they were a playoff team. They just had to kind of right the ship. And then the Titans did what the Titans do. They pounded them. So in Kansas City, they're, you know, they're pulling their hair out. Same thing in Seattle. There's a story this morning. Should they start trading people away? Oh, right? Gosh. Will Russell Wilson be back? You've got a lot of franchises. You mentioned the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Seahawks, the Panthers, who at this moment of the season, with 11 games to play for many of them, can't quite put their finger on where they're at. Mm-hmm. How do they go forward? What should they be doing? But for this franchise, they know. And they don't have to make knee-jerk reactions at trading deadline they can just put their head down and keep focusing on the most important part not ending the losing streak because that's over but finding a way to get better yeah uh, I've got a lot of questions about should they trade this player or that player at the trading deadline I don't know what they'll do there I think the priority will remain making sure Trevor Lawrence is protected I think that's why you don't automatically, even though you're one and five, I don't think you necessarily trade offensive linemen for draft equity. I don't know what you're going to get anyway. So I don't know that they're going to be buyers or sellers. I think they'll just be, okay, we're going to go forward with what we've got and see what we are the second half of the season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do defensively, how they change to uh, from a man team to his own team. I think they figured out they don't have the personnel to play man. No. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that came as a little bit of a surprise because they built this thing to play man. They said that very clearly in the offseason. So uh, how do they look going forward? Does that fix things? Can Joe Cullen call this, you know, Ravens defense, which is a zone, a blitzing team man behind a defense, how's that going to look? That's a huge storyline. Well, on. I mean, people know the zone blitz. It's mm-hmm. not an uncommon defense. I mean, back when you but and I started. it's not this defense. I agree, right. but there's a model for them yep. to go forward. And there's, if they look at their personnel, it, let's put it this way. All of these coaches on the defensive side, those on the pro especially, they understand the principles of zone blitz to teach the zone blitz. Players have played zone blitz. They can figure out how to play zone behind it. And maybe that gets some different personnel on the field. Guys who are more ready to play zone. I'm wondering if Andre Sisco yes. is a guy over the next 11 weeks who takes a big step forward. And we can talk about that, but it all comes down to the quarterback. It all comes down. And when we last saw him, he was making progress. He Great looked progress. like he was in control, command and control. Um, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. This is his team. Yeah. And he now has put it on his shoulders. And it will go as far as he can carry it. They need some different things from different places, but it's all about him. And if at the end of December he is playing his best football of the year, well, I mean, this thing, the arrow is pointed straight up for this franchise. Yeah, we've always said it. it's not about the record. Yeah, you get maybe a couple more games, but if he is where you want him to be at the end of the season, it's a win for the season. The end, period. And if anything has made this interesting in late October and November, it's that. He showed great signs the last three games. 
He showed great decision making, and he showed that he can reduce the interceptions. Um, he did it against a couple of defenses or a few defenses, uh, Miami and Tennessee, that weren't playing great at the time. So I think it's it's really important that these three games become six games, become nine games. I have no reason to think they won't, but that's the huge storyline going forward is all this talk that we've talked about Trevor Lawrence in the last two weeks, very excitedly and very, oh yeah, hey, he's developing rapidly. It has to continue to develop and that to me is the question of November. Well, in order for that to happen, he needs guys to make plays. Yeah. I mean, he needs receivers in the absence of speed. He needs guys to catch the ball, not drop it. Mm -hmm. He needs guys to get separation, guys like Dan Arnold, to continue to make plays, move the chains, keep that third down percentage growing in the right direction so that he can stay on the field. Yeah, and he needs that. And he doesn't have to play hero, right? You don't want this guy having to throw the ball 50 times and play comeback. No. No doubt, at some point in his career, he'll be able to do it. But if you bury yourself against a really good team, and there are a lot of them in this next seven-game stretch, you can't expect him to keep progressing and pull you up from behind. Mm -hmm. Not at this point, not with this roster. Yeah, too much to ask at this point in his career. Yeah. Totally agree. And that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some this or that here on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're having that hard conversation, you know, so much of it, who's going to be healthy the rest of the year, and then also what is we keep on offense, how do you build this around your quarterback? You know, what exactly does, do we need? And I think last March we had the conversation, well, number one thing that I remember Joe Burrow and Schottenheimer and Bevel, we just had the conversation, you got to get a good run game. And right now we're starting to play a little bit. You know, James is really playing well and our offensive line is playing well. And the other thing, he, our offense line to this point has kept him upright. You know, the thing we don't have is when DJ went down, do we have that home run hitter on the outside? You know, I think LaVisca's playing very well. Marvin's playing really well. We're, you know, just one speed guy short. You know, it might be Agnew, maybe it's Tyron, maybe it's something else. Will the Jaguars make a move trade deadline next Tuesday, November 2nd? We'll talk about that. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. Pat <laughs> Jaguars drive time on a Wednesday. It is time for this or that presented by Price.com. Brian Sexton, you're up. All right, we'll go with the trade deadline. John obviously didn't read the script because he went off on a tangent about trading in the first. Oh. So you might not have much to say. Uh, trade to say. for someone or trade someone. Um, they have 12 picks currently. Two in the third, four in the sixth, two in the seventh. They've traded Sidney Jones, Joe Schobert, C.J. Henderson, Gardner Minshew, and Josh Oliver. Goodness. So I'm not sure how many people there are to trade. But you certainly listening to the coach could make a case for trading for someone, John. Well, he's talking about a speed receiver. I don't. I think they've tried that. I mean, it, they've tried. To, they tried to go get Tyron Johnson. They tried to go get uh, Tavon Austin. They tried to go get uh, the kid uh, Devin Smith. I think it was who's mm -hmm. now released. Um, well, they didn't trade for them. They picked him up. Well, but they. Pursued to bring it. Right. In. So uh, what I'm saying is, do you go and swing for the fences? Because it's not at, about... At one and five, I don't swing for the fences. I mean, I... I it's about I the quarterback, assume, right? It's about quarterback development. I assume that if a guy... I mean, unless proven differently, I assume that a guy who's available at the trade deadline is available at the trade, 
trade deadline for a reason. Is he going to be a long-term solution? I doubt it. Uh, if there's a long-term solution out there, if, if there's a big-time Pro Bowl guy out there, sure, you trade for him. I don't anticipate that. Um, you're going to hold off because I know you're talking about it too, but I'll, let me just show, throw a couple names out there. These are guys in their eighth season, 29 years old. Uh, the first is Allen Robinson, who could be a long-term solution. He's got plenty of time. He'd cost you about $10 million. John did not like that. The well, face right at all. No, no. I, 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 I'm fine with Allen Robinson as a concept. What are you giving up for him? Are you giving up a third? You got an extra one. You have an extra one, but you'd like that extra one in the draft next year. <laughs> um, well, listening to these people talk, meaning these people, meaning Urban Meyer and the people who run this organization, Allen Robinson is a very, very good player. He ain't fast. So I don't know that he fixes what they want fixed. Well, what he is is an alpha. Yes. And, you, and I don't, I mean, no disrespect intended to Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chenault. But Robinson is a better downfield threat than they are mm-hmm. and is a guy who goes and takes the ball away. So I really like that idea. I do, too. Uh, I mean, I, I, you need to have that with a quarterback like this. You're trying to give him every tool you can to develop. And you're going to pay $11 million of Robinson's salary. That's not an issue for this football team. It would cost you a third-round pick. I, I, I'm assuming this would be a third-round pick. Um, the other guy, it probably doesn't happen but Brandon Cooks is on the training. Everyone is over there. You have to give up almost nothing for him. He's speed. We saw what he did in week one against this football team. And it gives the quarterback more time to develop. I'm squarely in the trade for someone mm-hmm. if I can make something happen that fits my salary structure and doesn't take away my one or my two. Yeah. And it's all about the wide receiver. I mean, Marvin Jones right now is the leading target on this team, but he was never meant to be. He's not a separation guy. Right. But he is. He's doing a fine job, but that's not your long-term solution. He's doing it right now, but. Think how much better he would be with a separation guy. Correct. Absolutely. And that's the the herd of no DJ Chark on the field for sure. All right, John. I like the idea of Brandon Cooks. I like the idea of Allen Robinson. I don't know that they do Allen Robinson because of the speed factor. Brandon Cook makes some sense. Yeah. What do you got, John? Uh, Either. (laughs) <laughs> Matthew Wright is the hero guy, or he's the guy who joined it twice off the upright. Um, he can't be in the middle? Well, there is no this or that or the middle. <laughs> this is this or that. So I think he probably is in the middle. Uh, I guess my point is I, this is not a knock on the move because I think they had to make the move because Josh Lambeau, you know, once Matthew Wright made those kicks, it was clear he had to be the guy. Um, it is now up to Matthew Wright over the next month to prove that he's more than just the guy who hit 250-plus-yard field goals. Um, Don't forget he's eight days removed from a really rough game. Mm -hmm. So it's his opportunity. I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that he is the guy going forward. This is his opportunity going forward. I I don't know. I I wouldn't have, and we said this last week, I, I wouldn't have released Josh Goby. Because Lambo. I'm sorry, or Lambo, I always that do that. I <laughs> always do Josh that. Or Scobie's Josh, age, I hear Josh, and I, I immediately revert to Scoby. Uh, I wouldn't have released Josh Lambeau. Let me get that one right. Uh, because I think he's got a stronger leg. I think he's a bigger guy. I mean, I think he's just. I just think he's got more to offer than right. So I I tend to lean, even though he's the hero right now. Mm-hmm. I tend to lean towards those misses um, and and wonder because he's so slender. You know, he's what 175 pounds. Um, Maybe he is. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to go with that and say, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, right now he's the guy, and he has all the chances to prove it. So we'll see. But yeah, you need more consistency, that's for sure. All right, my this or that is about this defense, and I can't remember what I said about it. Make the change all the way or do not change at all. We heard Coach Meyer and Big Things talk about how they are going towards more of a zone defense. I will not lie to you, this concerns me, because I go back to week one with the defense in Houston. There was a lot of confusion. There were substitution errors. There were penalties for too many men on the field, and – it just looked like the confusion was absolutely there. And it got better as time went on, but we already have changes with Miles Jack and the green dot and the play calling that has been changed since Miles Jack did not make the trip to London. And that's going to stay that way. So you're already changing so much. So if you're going to change it, change it all the way and don't change it again or don't change it at all. But there's already some miscommunication. And this concerns me that you're making all these changes during the bye week. Well, they've got to get it right. Uh, the reality is. Uh, NFL defenses, you can't just play man and you can't just play zone. You have to have a mix or Mm -hmm. else teams are going to figure you out. If you're just playing man, they're going to screen corners off the ball. They're going to beat you. So you have to play a mix. Uh, But but they do need to settle on a philosophy. They need to figure out what they're doing. Uh, You know, again, like I said at the top of the show, I think they got surprised here. I think they thought they could play press coverage, man up, had that be the base defense. I'm not sure you can do that, period, 100% in the NFL. Uh, It's been proven out that this personnel right now can't do it. Well, they started the season thinking there was a chance that C.J. Henderson might be available to them, and he wasn't. That seems like the reason they changed this, correct? Well, yes. I mean, because the rookie's just not quite there. Yeah. Um, And I don't know that that, that the press man fits Shaq Griffin's best. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's the best one they've got right now. But does it let them play that really aggressive style of defense? Here's what I know. Uh, you've got Bob Sutton here, and Bob is a longtime defensive coach in the NFL and some years in college. Uh, my guess is is that they have leaned heavily on Bob Sutton and his experience with Joe Cullen, who as a defensive line coach turned coordinator has to rely on Sutton to help with the coverage schemes because the guys up front don't focus on the coverage. That's why Sutton's here. Okay, this is why he's here. Then let's see how he does it. I say make the change because you got it. I mean, you, you got to be better than they've been. You just have to be. Uh, you know, you, you didn't have Devontae Parker or Preston Williams, and two or three for more than 300 yards, right? So make the change. If that's what you believe, if that's what Bob Sutton believes, that the personnel department uh, has brought him is coverage guys who are more suited to zone, then make the change. A major storyline here to watch, Shalane, is Tyson Campbell. I'm not saying this change was made for Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell has had trouble in man with deep balls, tracking the ball once he turns around. Mm -hmm. In zone, he should be able to play more facing the ball, see the ball come out of the quarterback's hands, not have to worry about trying to track it, which he hasn't been very good at yet. Mm -hmm. Zone, you know, again, I don't think it's the entire reason. It'll be interesting to see if he is a better player looking at the quarterback X percent of the time as opposed to not looking at the quarterback at the start of the play. Uh, it's a huge storyline because I think he's the key to the secondary right now. When you watch him on the practice field, you see a big guy with long arms who moves well. Clearly, he's, clearly he's been well coached by Patrick Sertan and when he was at the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. They've got to find a way to get him 
in a position to take advantage of those skills like John. I, I'm anxious to see whether him facing the quarterback more gives him a chance to use his obvious physical gifts. Yeah, and Coach Meyer mentioned that on Monday with the lack of turnovers. He said, with us facing the quarterback now, we'll see if that now comes and is kind of just a ripple effect with all this going on. So that is This or That, presented by Price.com. When we come back on Jaguars Drive Time, some hot takes here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Over 30 communities to choose from with the best selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, personalization. That's the DreamFinders Homes difference. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Wednesday, and we are doing hot takes today because no show on Monday. So, Brian, what you got for us? I'll say that the Jaguars are, are going to win twice in the next seven games. Wow. And I looked at this stretch when the season began and that said— just or at least? At least. All right. At least. And I'm not going with could win. I'm going with will win. Had a chance to watch the Niners, as probably you did, on Sunday night against the Colts. I watched the Seahawks and Falcons. I'm sorry. I watched the Falcons and Dolphins, and then I watched the Seahawks uh, and night. the Saints. And um, all of them are flawed. Uh, all of them are having issues right now. And while I wouldn't say that I would favor the Jaguars to win any individual of those three games, they can win, and I think they will win two of those three games because two of them are at home. And you're going to Seattle this week, and I read the history piece that comes out tomorrow on Jaguars.com. The Jaguars have really never fared well in the Pacific Northwest, and that is an understatement. Um, but the Seahawks, their defense is 31st. They're playing without Russell Wilson. They, you know, Other than DK Metcalf, there's not anybody on their offense that makes you go, uh-oh, how are we going to cover this guy? So, especially if you're playing zone concepts. So I say the Jaguars will win two games, at least two games of the next seven. I like it. Optimism. My, mine sort of ties in with Brian. Okay, go ahead. And I'll tell you how. It doesn't look... It, you might not think immediately when you see it, that doesn't tie in with Brian, but it does. Okay. Tyson Campbell may be the most important storyline on this team. And it's sort of a repeat of what I said at the beginning of the season about C.J. Henderson, the cornerback opposite Shaquille Griffin who can tie down that defense. If he plays well in this new concept, if he can start tracking the ball, if he is not a guy that teams automatically target successfully, then I think they will win two games coming out of the box. Uh, if Geno Smith goes back there and doesn't have to worry about looking over there and knows he can go to whoever Tyson Campbell's covering, then they're not going to win two games out of the box. So uh, you hate to put that much pressure on a rookie, but teams know him. They've seen it on tape. So he is going to be watched. He's going to be targeted. Uh, I think he's the most important story because I think he's the key to the defense now. The Saints the other night, after DK Metcalf made that big play, mm -hmm. the Saints got over the top of him with the safety, and I think he was only targeted three more times the whole game and only caught one more, a 12-yard pass. So I anticipate they're going to give Tyson Campbell a lot of help if that's the matchup they try to get. Yes, totally agree. Yeah, it, It's tough to put all that pressure on Tyson Campbell, but it's almost like when you see Chris Claybrook's on the field and you see the immediate just target him and it's on tape now, so why would you not? It's, right. it's tough, but yeah, that's well, it. When you traded uh, C.J. Henry, and you said the reason we traded C.J. Henderson is because Campbell's improving, yeah. and you put him over in the corner, it's a pressurized position. We really haven't had him much since then because of that toe. Correct. Totally agree. All right, my hot take. It's hot, but it makes sense. Go get Michael Thomas. Pay him all the money and bring him here. DJ Chark is out, but truthfully, and this is nothing against DJ, I don't know if he is your long-term answer. And we always have this conversation, do you need the number one guy? Do you need the Julio Jones this team does, and they don't have it. 
Michael Thomas is a long-term solution. Even if you pay DJ Chark and it's a contract year for him, I still think you need something else. And you have Marvin Jones. You don't know how long he's playing for. LaVisca Chanel isn't that guy. He's a different skill set. You really need this. And I think right now is your opportunity to go get it. Yes, build through the draft, but you need help right now. And I understand this team isn't a playoff team, but if you want this rookie quarterback to develop, you need to go to guy. And that's that. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't know. Great. Let's do it. I don't know. He's the right guy. But I was the one earlier who was saying, go and get a receiver. He certainly fits the mold of a big game, game breaking receiver. I don't know that he's worth the money. I don't know if he's healthy. But you know what? Go give this quarterback something that he can work with way down the field. It'll open up everything else. And I want to see this kid develop. So I'm with you. I have zero issue with the concept. I kind of, I kind of rained on it a little bit earlier. My only concern is, I guess, is the old school conservative guy. Um, what are you getting when you go try to do this at midseason? If it's vetted, if they, if if he works out, I'm all for getting, I'm all for giving up the draft capital. I worry about giving up draft capital for a midseason pickup if it's not long term. Well, and again, you look at his salary, the the salary that this team would be taking on in 2022. It's a major help for the Saints who have, again, salary cap issues they have mm-hmm. to keep juggling. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue for this team. I, I wouldn't give up a two. I, I'd try to hold to a three and maybe package a couple more if that's the guy I want. Um, if it's, and, and the other thing we don't know is how healthy is he? Is he ready yeah. to go? But you'd think he would be amenable to playing with this quarterback. Yeah, and there's just and some drama if, he, if the long-term answer is New Orleans, and we won't get into that because I know John hates those talks, but it's just I don't think DJ Chark is a long-term answer. And previously this season it was, okay, if DJ Chark's your answer, great, then you're set. I well, don't think he is. I don't think you're going to pay him coming off of a season in which he was unable to contribute. Right, and a year after him, they said he didn't play big enough, I think he's going to be an open market guy. Yeah, you need a long-term solution, prove it guy. I don't think you find that in the draft. Right. Handle it now, okay? Yeah, I'd rather have it in the draft, but I'm not averse to this if it's the right guy. (laughs) Fair enough, and that is Hot Takes when we come up on Jaguars Drive Time. Some closing thoughts. That's next. Wednesday Drive Time brought to you by Jet Home Loans. Coming up, head coach Urban Meyer press conference. You can watch that on jaguars.com slash live. We have Trevor Lawrence press conference after practice day. Then we have the Huddle Up podcast with Bucky Brooks this afternoon. We'll be back right here on Jaguars Drive Time tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. We'll see you then.